A monument to the victims of Soviet repression is unveiled in Moscow, but Soviet-era dissidents and political prisoners cry hypocrisy. Hello from our broadcast headquarters in Prague, and welcome to the Power Vertical Briefing, a weekly look ahead at stories we expect to make news this week. My name is Brian Whitmore, host of the Power Vertical Podcast here at RFERL. Joining me in the studio is RFERL's news editor, Steve Gutterman. Welcome, Steve. Thanks, Brian. Hope you had a good weekend. Yes, me too. <laughs> me too. So, uh, so Vladimir Putin's scheduled to appear today at the opening of a new monument to the victims of Soviet repression called the Wall of Sorrow. The unveiling is taking place in the official day of remembrance for victims of political repression, which has been an official holiday since 1991 when the Soviet Union broke up. But a group of Soviet-era dissidents have published an open letter accusing the Kremlin of hypocrisy, noting continued repression in Putin's Russia. What do you make of this, Steve? What 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 is Putin doing here? Because you, he he had to know that his presence at something like this was going to be controversial. Well, I think he's trying, sort of, as he does on in in several you know areas. I think he's trying to um, essentially boost his legitimacy and kind of take ownership of of this of this uh, situation. So he's like, you know, this this is me, the leader. I'm I'm dedicating this, or I'm I'm participating in this. I'm acknowledging that there were there was repression in the Soviet era, but at the same time. And you know he does he does do that he's he's gone to others other ceremonies mm-hmm. on this day in the past at the Butova and places like that, um, and it sort of reminds me of you know when when he's gone to Auschwitz and, and things like that he's you know he he's gone through the motions or or um, you know at least outwardly acknowledge these these repressions and these crimes, but at the same time I think he's he is drawing a line as as the uh, Soviet era dissidents and. Rights activists are saying he's kind of drawing a line, saying, "Okay, we're you know we acknowledge this happened, but you're not going to say anything about what's happening now." You know, there's no there's no equivalency here. Yeah, no, it's it's. I mean, at the simplest level, I see it as a pre-election ploy, basically yes, exactly. trying to get liberals on his side ahead of the election. I think good luck with that. Um, the 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 other is um, maybe you're going to see another like round of speculation in the Russian media about whether a thaw is coming. Right? right. Again, it's in the Kremlin's interest to create this kind of illusion when we all know a thaw is not coming, and if one comes, it's going to be cosmetic at best. But as you note, Stephen, I think this is right on target. It it kind of creates this. It's it's classic Kremlin information management, because it creates the illusion that repression is a thing of the past, when in fact we all know there are political prisoners in Russia, many of whom have been imprisoned for things like liking or reposting something on Facebook that the Kremlin doesn't like, people charged under the extremism statute. So it's 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 a classic case of, of, of information management. How do you exactly. see it playing out today? I mean, it's 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 it's, it's well, you know, I mean, I think before this, uh, before this unveiling, uh, Putin is is holding a meeting of his uh, the the Presidential Human Rights and Civil Society Council. So they're going to talk about, among other things, I guess, um, you know, how to remember uh, victims of repression. So again, part of the sort of, you know, so that's that's another chance for him to, you know, meet with the people, some of whom are liberals on this council, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, and 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 kind of make the right noises. You know, but I, I agree. It, it seems you know, just to to some degree, a, you know, a pre-election thing and a way to um, a way to kind of appeal to a certain certain group of people without, again, without losing any, you know, without really 
losing anything. Taking any costs uh, to himself. In yeah, no, the Kremlin's messaging has been coming out and the statements coming out of the Presidential Human Rights Council saying this this draws a line under this era as if as, as if it's over. Right, also, exactly. Incidentally, it comes right um, right before the the anniversary, this the 100th anniversary, the centennial of the 1917 revolution, which is next week, which mm-hmm. is something the Kremlin has been conspicuous in its silence about. Um, and it also comes in the anniversary of what's largely seen as the start of the Stalin's Great Terror in 1937. Right. So you have you have a double, you have a 100th and 80th anniversary. So we'll be we'll be watching this closely. And another story I'm kind of watching, and I, I commented on the on, on the on the Daily Vertical this morning, is something I call the Kremlin's Catalonian conundrum, the Kremlin's Spanish dilemma. Um, you have on one hand, I mean. Separatism benefits Moscow in Europe. Separatism in Europe benefits, qualify that. Separatism in Europe benefits Moscow. It weakens the EU. It it weakens NATO. It divides and distracts the West. But at the same time, Moscow's got to be real careful about its relations with Madrid. Spain is one of a handful of countries in, in, in Europe that is arguing for easing sanctions against Russia. Right. Um, the old debate in Europe about whether the threat comes from the east or the south, where for Spain it definitely comes from the south and they'd rather have things co- have, have less, less tension in the east. Um, so we see kind of Russia doing one one hand doing one thing and another hand doing the other. You have the foreign ministry statements have been very careful about this. It's an right. internal Spanish matter. They've been careful not to give any indication of support for Catalonian independence. Um, but on the other hand, last week you had Dmitry Medoyev, the de facto self-styled foreign minister of the breakaway region of South Ossetia, the Moscow-backed region in Georgia, visiting Barcelona ostensibly to make ties with Spanish with Catalonian business leaders. Um, press reports in, in the Spanish media say Spanish intelligence seizes for what it probably is, and that's an attempt to establish ties between Moscow and a hypothetical independent right. Catalonia. Putin's speech in Sochi um, at the Valdai discussion forum, he, he didn't give support to the Catalonian independence, but he said, see Europe, this is what you get. You, right. you supported Kosovo, and now this is what you get. So there's kind of some 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 bravado there. What do you make of this? How do you see Moscow playing this out? Because it's going to be very, very interesting to watch going forward. Well, you know, I think I, I, I agree. I think Moscow is sort of playing playing all the angles. I mean, as you say, on the one hand, it, it can't se- support separatism uh, too openly. Um, because, in Spain. <laughs> well, right. In, but just in general, because... Uh, it doesn't want, aside from you know Crimea taking taking over Crimea, uh, on the uh, the argument that 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 Crimeans wanted this, um, you know it obviously doesn't want to encourage the Kremlin obviously doesn't want to encourage separatism uh, within Russia, um, but on the other hand, you know as you say they, they they do want to to encourage sort of discord within Europe, so you know, hence uh, sending people in to, you know, establish ties and, and get things going there. I mean, it, I, I guess it's it's similar to the way, I mean, the if, if in the United States, uh, 
the Kremlin isn't going to say support like Texan secession. Although they invite but, Texan separatists to conferences in Moscow, right? But you have but, but these are all like slightly like you know separate from the state. They're right. Not, you know, there's always this kind of deniability that this is the state. This acting. is the classic thing that you do one thing officially and say one thing officially, right. while under the table with the other hand through proxies and cutouts right. with just enough plausible yeah. deniability to do something. And else. the media, and the media, you know, they use some media to to sort of. You know, it, yeah. This, uh, what I want to watch, though, is Madrid's attitude toward this going forward, because if I'm seeing this, I'm certain in the Spanish press reports suggest the Spanish intelligence sees this as well. And you have to wonder if Madrid's going to harden its tone on, on, on sanctions or not going forward as they see what. Moscow is actually doing here as opposed to what they're saying. It'll be a very interesting right. dynamic to watch. I think to some degree it'll depend on whether, you know, what happens in Catalonia and whether this kind of dies down mm-hmm. um, or, you know, or, or sort of uh, flames up. So, uh, depend, you know, depending on how much Spain has to, has to worry about whatever Russia is doing. Yeah, interestingly enough, Madoyev, according to Spanish press reports, prior to visiting Barcelona, visited northern Italy to, to meet oh, right, leaders yes. pushing for more autonomy mm-hmm. there. Now, again, Italy's another area where they, they, the Moscow has to be kind of careful because Italy, like Spain, is another one of these European states that is that is argued for easing sanctions. Exactly. So we'll, we'll be keeping a close eye on that going forward. That's all we have time for today, so we'll wrap it up. You have been listening to The Power Vertical Briefing, a weekly look ahead at stories making news in Russia. We do this every Monday, so be sure to tune in. I'm Brian Whitmore host of the Power Vertical Podcast. Joining me in the studio has been RFRL's news editor, Steve Gutterman. And now, as always, I leave you with the soothing sounds of Noise MC. 